I have been in the birth advocacy space long enough for something like this to absolutely blow my mind and surprise the heck out of me. <laughs> ABC actually did a piece on obstetric violence and moms seeking justice for their traumatic births. And this has just, it has me floored in like the absolute best way. And this is why I started this podcast. Women deserve better and they're not finding it in the hospital system. Now mainstream is finally talking about it. I cannot believe it. So I'm going through the clip today. My friend just sent this to me tonight and I I knew I needed to get this to you. Uh, I'm going to play it for you and then put in some of my thoughts as we go. So before we do that, I would love if you came on um, and had a conversation about this episode in the community on Facebook. So go to facebook.com slash groups slash peaceful home birth. And also this is the last day that uh, applications are being accepted for PHP. So if you have been on the fence for peaceful home birth program and you're currently pregnant, you are wanting a home birth, but you are a little nervous and you're not quite sure how to get the best outcome. You're not quite sure uh, how to be healthy enough, how to have the best nutrition, the best emotional health, the best physical health in order to have an amazing, peaceful home birth. So if you are on the fence, just fill out an application because we're going to have a call and we will make sure together that this is the best fit for you. So I promise you're not going to end up in a program that is not right for you. And also for those of you who do, this is a triple backed guaranteed program. I have seen enough results for the the blueprint that I take women through to feel confident in guaranteeing the outcomes and this program for my client. So hop on a call. This is the last day. So I cannot wait to talk to you and see what women are going to enjoy the amazing retreat that uh, second week of July is going to be amazing. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, where your journey to a joyful and empowered birth experience begins. I'm your host, Allie McLean, a registered nurse, home birth coach, devoted wife, and proud mother to four incredible kiddos. I've walked the path from trauma to triumph, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. At the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, we're more than just a show. We're a community of dreamers, believers, and fearless mothers-to-be. If you're seeking to reclaim your birth story, to transform fear into confidence, and to embrace the beauty of home birth, you found your tribe. My own transformative journey began with a traumatic C-section, propelling me on a quest to uncover the power of home birth. And now I'm on a mission to help you rise above your past, prevent needless C-sections, and stand firmly in the certainty of your dream birth. As a devoted follower of Jesus, I believe that His divine design for birth is inherently good. It is a reflection of His love, strength, and grace. If the dream of home birth has been planted on your heart, know that it's there for a purpose. And I'm here to stand with you as you pursue it wholeheartedly. 
In a world filled with racing thoughts and doubts, I'm your guide to taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ, and replacing them with the liberating truth. Together, we'll navigate the challenges that lie ahead, finding not only freedom, but also unbridled joy on your path to motherhood. This podcast is a haven for the woman who has faced the darkness of a traumatic birth and has questioned whether home birth is within her reach. Here we shatter those doubts. Join us for illuminating interviews with remarkable birth workers who share our reverence for the sanctity and splendor of birth. Listen to inspiring women as they recount their triumphant birth stories, each a testament to the strength that resides within you. So whether you're just starting to explore the world of home birth, or you're already on this radiant journey, the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast is your sanctuary, your wellspring of knowledge, and your unwavering support system. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to embark on a path that leads you to the birth you've always dreamed of. It's time to experience the Holy Spirit's power, to embrace the beauty of birth, and to create a legacy of love and strength. Are you ready to transform your birth experience? Let's dive in. All right. Well, I just want to kind of put a trigger warning out there for some of you. I know from somebody who has experienced birth trauma, if you are in that raw space of just experiencing something like that, or maybe you experienced it a while ago, but you never processed it, this may be a triggering uh, episode for you. So if this is real and raw and it starts to trigger you, it's okay. You do not have to listen to this episode. This episode really, I want to put more awareness out there of this is why home birth is increasing exponentially fast. More women are wanting to home birth because they've experienced horrific traumas in the hospital system. And so many of these women, one, don't know they've been traumatized, and two, they don't know they have other options. So this episode is for you if you are unsure that you've experienced a trauma. It is important to work through some of this and get your feelings validated because I think so many times women are walking around with a brokenness from their experience and they have never been validated to know like that was wrong what you went through was painful so this video starts out and uh, the narrator was saying that women are seeking justice from a system they say have left deep wounds and that is so true i have talked to enough women to know these wounds run deep This is not something that just happened one time and it was, it it hurt a little, but it was not that big of a deal. No, women are literally walking around scarred, broken, heartbroken with mental health disorders. It is horrific. It is awful. And so that's why I want to get this episode out to you guys. So let me play our first clip. They are stories of profound trauma while giving birth. The nurse um, puts her hand on the baby's head, um, and I could feel that pressure of her preventing the birth. I'm sideways, 
trying to push away, you know, fighting against my nurses. Um, and that's what caused my injury. Injuries with emotional and physical scars. I told them not to cut me. I have three medical conditions because of what he did to my body that day. I couldn't move. I was restrained in that position. I said no, nobody cared. Jane Doe would only speak in silhouette to protect her family. What? It breaks my heart every time I hear a woman who's experienced something like this. Of course, being held down at your most vulnerable, powerful time by somebody who you have never met before this day is horrific. Having a man come at your vagina and cut you without your consent is horrific. If it would have happened any other time other than labor, we would have been calling the police. This is so, so sad to me. And it's something that I have seen. And you can go back and listen to my episode on why I don't work in the hospital anymore. I was a doula there for many years because I thought if I could save one person from this terrible, terrible uh, system that was hurting people, hurting women, I would have done my job. But what ended up happening is getting secondary trauma. Every time I would um, attend a birth, very rarely did I walk out of the hospital thinking that was amazing. Like I, I'm on top of the world. Like that was awesome. It, there was always a little bit of disappointment or feeling like I couldn't do all that I could do to help this person. And that, it really stunk. Like it was not a fun thing to go to and witness women being forced on their back when they didn't want to be, when they were manipulated into getting an induction and that induction turned into three days of torture. Like I did not want to be a part of that system anymore. Um, I have talked to so many women who have experienced injuries and um, there there's babies who have been cut during unnecessary c-sections caught on their face they have those scars forever like this stuff happens and so for so long it wasn't talked about or if it was the mom was called selfish and this there's more on this that is coming but uh for so long the comments were just horrific and moms were never believed that they were traumatized that this mattered at all and i am absolutely thrilled that this is being that light is being shown on this because I think it it definitely deserves that so we'll go on to the next clip we need hospital systems providers and communities to really be aware of this because there's many things we can do a CDC analysis of a survey of new mothers includes reports of ignored requests for help, women being shouted at or scolded, violations of physical privacy, and threats to withhold treatment or made to accept unwanted treatment. Dr. Howry says the experiences can directly impact the health of a new mother. 
I mean, this is what it looks like. This is mistreatment, 100%. It talks about receiving no response to requests for help. This brought back so many memories. For me, I, when um, at my first birth, the baby's heart dropped down into the 20s and I was screaming like, no, help me. No, I don't want a C-section. Like nobody would help me. Obviously I wanted my baby to be safe, but I knew like at the core of who I am, like there was something else wrong. Like there wasn't, it wasn't just oh, the baby is all of a sudden in distress. It's like, no, there was something else going on. But in that moment of absolute stress, terror, um, just trauma, I didn't, I couldn't put my thoughts together, right? Um, And yeah, man, not having their physical privacy protected. (laughs) How many times did I see somebody come in and just say, oh, okay, we're going to have a cervical check now and just pull up the sheet without asking. Like, again, so many things that happen in a hospital room, if it happened any other time other than labor, we would be calling the police. And the fact that this has been let go of for so long, like this abuse has been hidden and gaslit and just minimized for so long it is absolutely bewildering to me and then you hear the stories of a withholding treatment or a mom is saying something's wrong I don't feel right and then mom's dying because they're not being listened to you can um I talked to Dr. Stu about this, I believe, uh, Kira, K-I-R-A, I'll link her um, story. It's absolutely awful, awful, awful stuff. All right, let's go on to the next clip. What does it say that the CDC has to issue guidance to healthcare providers to be respectful? I think what it says is, you know, potentially in a stressful moment, um, there can be unconscious bias that comes out, and this is why we need to be more cognizant of it. If the CDC has to tell you to respect patients' rights and to respect the medical ethics of autonomy, I think we've really gone off the rails. Julie Cantor, a doctor and attorney who represents Jane Doe, says there's a culture of silence and stigma around maternity mistreatment that's compounded by legal barriers to holding providers accountable. Cases are generally very hard to litigate and they're expensive. And so if the mom's harmed, but the baby's fine, why is that worth any money? And it's a system that's built around moving money, not just fixing problems. And while I think unconscious bias can definitely be a factor, I think it could be that plus a total brainwashing to think that this is the only way that a woman is safe, that she is only capable of birthing a baby when she is a hundred percent monitored and watched and interfered with at every single level as well as compound that with 
a lack of education on what true physiological birth is like, most doctors have never, 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 <laughs> never seen a physiological birth. They don't know what it is. Because as soon as a woman walks into the hospital room, she's getting a cervical check. She's getting an IV. She's getting hooked up to monitors. She's getting asked a million questions. And then she's having to lay in bed while the strip reads for 30 minutes. And she's just pushed along in the system that is not conducive to physiological birth in the least. And then add on top of that a God complex that a lot of doctors seem to have. And I understand when you are a doctor and you have taken part in saving lives, I get it. At some point, you do think that you know everything and you can control more than you can control. Birth is not a time to control things, right? Thank God that there are OBs who are trained when a medical need arises. That does happen. I'm not going to be one of those people who ignore the fact that there are bad things that can happen during birth. I'm not ignorant. I've seen that. But what I'm saying is most doctors are the ones creating the problems. The maternity system itself has created this, this culture of believing that birth is inherently dangerous. Life is dangerous, you guys. Like, every day we choose our own risk. We choose our own danger. We get into the car and we go drive to the grocery store. We determine what risk is okay for us to take. That is not up to a doctor to dictate that for us. They're there for emergencies. They are there for when a medical condition arises that we need help with. And thank God for that. Thank God for that training. Right? But normal physiological birth most of the time does not need managed. Does not need controlled <laughs> in a sterile setting. <sighs> Julie Cantor, she is a lawyer, a doctor. And I love that she said there is a culture of silence and stigma. It's about moving money. I know we hate to think that, you know, it's all about the money. I know that there are fantastic doctors. I've met some of them who are extremely supportive, wonderful human beings that, you know, obviously want to get paid, but it's not all about the money. I know they exist. I promise you. And I'm thankful for the ones that do. But what is happening is this culture of being okay with being traumatized is protecting the doctors who are committing these atrocities, right? So if you've ever heard, all that matters is a healthy baby, right? This is the saying that gets doctors off the hook for maltreatment of mothers, right? I get so worked up over that all that matters is a healthy baby. Because I know when I was in the depths of postpartum depression, anxiety, I was experiencing flashbacks. I was having to pull over my car because I would just get hit with um, these moments of panic. I couldn't drive past the hospital that I had delivered her at. 
you can't tell me that a healthy baby, a healthy, um, a healthy maternal bond was being formed, that I was able to take care of her to the best of my ability to make sure that she was completely healthy. No, it takes two. The mother-baby dyad is extremely powerful. You are so connected for nine months. And then when you have the baby, that first year is so important. That got stolen from me because of traumatic experience, because of providers who didn't care what I wanted. They just wanted to get home for Easter, okay? All that matters is a healthy mom and a healthy baby, right? Healthy and whole. I will stand by that. You cannot have a completely healthy baby if you don't have a completely healthy mom too. They both matter. Be able to move around the entire time. Being able to be in any position, right? I mean, be in any position for birth. And to have some autonomy. Yeah. Instead, Malatesta says she was subjected to physical restraint. They pulled me to my back, flipped me over, and I remember the pressure on my back being so intense that I lifted my right leg and even pushed it against the nurse's neck, just trying to fight to get back over. To be physically fighting with your caregivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how are you even making sense of that at the moment? Uh, at the moment, I was not making any sense of it. The hard part came after when everything's quiet, you know, everyone gets away, and um, there's a sense of betrayal. There's a photo of you and your husband and your newborn son shortly after all of this happened, and you look in pain in the picture. I was in shock. I was in shock more than anything at that point. In the months that followed, Malatesta says numbness turned into debilitating pelvic nerve pain and PTSD, all of it taking a toll on her ability to parent and on her relationship with her husband. There's so much in this small clip, but thinking of the physical restraint, it it makes me want to cry. Like, I've seen this. And having four babies, I literally cannot fathom being held down in a certain position to birth. (laughs) It's such a primal moment when you feel that head coming down and through your pelvis. It's so powerful and it is an amazing moment. And I, I love it. And I honestly look forward to that moment. Um, with each baby that I have, but to have people force you down onto your back to make it easier for the doctor, that's horrific. That I, I can imagine why you feel betrayed. These are the very people you hired to make sure your birth goes well. And instead, they have captured you and stuck you down on a bed to birth the way that they see best. That is just, it is so, so sad on so many levels. But she had mentioned that, well, at the, towards the end of this clip, it had mentioned that it affected her, her bond with her children and her marriage. This is so important for you guys to understand. Birth 
is an all-encompassing event, right? If you don't know your rights and you're not in an environment with people that support you 100%, that trust the physiological birth process, you are at a, a much, much higher risk of trauma. Does trauma happen at home? Does trauma happen when you have nobody around that could traumatize you? <laughs> yes, it does. But your risk exponentially increases when you're in an environment that doesn't trust that you know what's best, right? For you and your baby. She went on to actually win a $15 million lawsuit for her injury. And as she should, I think that this is um, a huge step in stopping the the injustice that is happening within the system. All right, we'll go on. Mother filmed the delivery of her first child. Kimberly Turban is her questioning the need for an episiotomy. A cut made to the vaginal area meant to ease delivery. Video of the procedure, which she says the doctor performed against her will, has over a million views on YouTube, generating a groundswell of support for Kimberly that she says inspired her to seek accountability. He doesn't tell me what my options are. He never mentions that the baby or I am in distress. He came in with authority over my body and told me that he's going to cut me. When did you decide you needed to speak out? He called me the day that I was released from the hospital and said if everything's fine. I said, actually, everything is not fine. I'm in a lot of pain. Um, I can't walk. I can't sit. After speaking with dozens of attorneys who declined to take her case, Kimberly Turbin filed a lawsuit against the doctor on her own. She settled her case in 2017 and now helps other women seek justice. A lot of obstetric violence can be very kind. You don't even know you're being done a disservice because obstetric violence doesn't always look like my horrific birth video. This is so I so important what she said. Obstetric violence can look very kind. And again, this often comes in the form of, we have to save your baby. We have to help your baby. There is a problem and we're, we're just going to do it because that's what we see as best. We're not going to ask you in the moment because it's an emergency. And I have seen this happen where moms are given episiotomies without consent or just taken back to the OR for a C-section because that was in the moment what the doctor saw as best. So it can look very kind and it can look life-saving and oftentimes women walk away saying thank god for my OB and they say they saved my life, they saved my baby's life. And while that may or may not have been true, we have to kind of back up and look at like what led us here? <laughs> How did we even get in this situation? Oftentimes what's happening and this is so awful to say, but it's Stockholm syndrome. Where I think that my doctor saved me and my baby when in reality she was the one who caused the problem in the first place. And we're not seeing that and we're not acknowledging that and we're not calling it out for what it is. And so, so many women are walking around broken and not knowing it 
They feel like something's off. They don't want to talk about their birth story. They don't want to have more children. And they think that that's just normal. That's just how it is. And it's not. It's not. All right, here's the next clip. American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists says a pregnant patient's autonomy should be a doctor's top priority, saying it is never acceptable for a provider to compel a recommended treatment for a patient or unborn child. While life-or-death emergencies often require urgent medical interventions, ACOG says it is imperative that pregnant and postpartum patients feel comfortable communicating their wishes. Again, even in urgent or emergency situations, a mom always has a right to ask questions. There is always time to ask why. Is this necessary? What is happening? What is the alternative? There, There is, I can think of actually zero, and I'm sure there is some out there, where there was literally zero amount of time to ask a question. I, I can't think of one, but I'm sure I'll get an email from some woman who believes that there was this one time <laughs> where she couldn't ask questions. I, I want to be so sensitive, but at the same time, I have seen enough stories. I have seen enough women's lives be completely turned upside down, their marriages hurt, their their children's um, bond with them hurt, their health hurt. Um, and I, I, do, I get so worked up <laughs> about, about this. So if I'm coming off insensitive, that is not my goal or my plan. But I want you to know that if you feel off about your birth experience, most likely there was something that happened in that birth experience that was off, okay? And most likely it, it is affecting different areas in your life that you may not even know about. So if, you, if you're feeling that way, please, please email me. <laughs> Let me know. We can talk about that. If you are being triggered in the slightest over this, then maybe that's an, uh, a clue that you need to talk about what happened to you. I know I there's still moments in here that I get triggered. I still have to process and talk to my mentor and uh, pr- like emotionally process and let let things go. This is something that happens over time. Uh, and it's okay that it takes time as long as you are doing it, as long as you are processing it. How do we fix this problem? Certainly training helps to understand what are some of those biases that we all have. Training medical professionals is something Kristen Pascucci, the CDC, and other women's health advocates are working to provide. But she and Caroline Malatesta say there also needs to be a fundamental shift in how society thinks about birthing persons at their most vulnerable moment. Women feel like, well, if I talk about what happened to me, it shows I'm just selfish because I wanted my birth to be a certain way when really I should have been thinking about safety of the baby. <laughs> just a couple things before we move on. I 100% agree. There needs to be a fundamental shift in the way people think about birth 
and the women, not birthing persons, you will never catch me <laughs> referring to that as birthing persons, um, women. And, uh, yeah. And that's what I want to do here. That's what, why I have experts on birth come in and share the beauty of the design of birth how women were created, babies were created to go through this process. And it is amazing and fascinating. And when left alone, most of the time, it works. And the thing is, they're going to realize that the more this shift happens, the less women are going to want to birth in hospitals again. Even if the environment does change, when you realize the design of birth, most low-risk, whatever that means to you, women who are, are pregnant can birth at home just fine. It is a wonderful, beautiful place to have a baby, and statistics back that up. All right, let's move on. And women have these birth plans because they care about the safety of their babies. It doesn't have to be this way. It is just a matter of making the decision to change what we do. Hopefully change. All right. Well, birth people have birth plans because they care about the safety of their baby. Yes. Yes, they do. And unfortunately, most women who write a birth plan that goes into the hospital, it's never read. Or if it is, it's not taken seriously. It's looked at, oh, that's nice. Okay, we'll do our best. But, you know, there's always a likelihood of something going wrong and blah, blah, blah. They're already planning for this birth plan not to happen. Okay. So again, this goes back to the fundamental shift of you have to change your beliefs and your thoughts on what birth is. Because until you do that, and until you have people around you to support you who have done that, you're going to keep seeing and creating problems in your pregnancy, in your birth experience. It is not selfish to have and want a peaceful birth. We need to make an intentional decision to change the way we think about birth, the way we approach it, because friends, I'm telling you, the way it's working now is leading to more trauma than it is not. So to summarize, I'm going to put the link so you can watch the whole clip um, in the show notes. So make sure you watch this, but women are being traumatized. They're being injured. They're being mistreated. And I think it's a combination of, yeah, unconscious bias, brainwashing, lack of education, um, maybe a little bit of God complex, but women are getting their voices back. Women are realizing that there are deep wounds and that they happen during birth. The time that was supposed to be the greatest moment of their lives, meeting this child that they have been growing in their womb for nine months, the day that they meet them should be the happiest. And oftentimes for a woman, it is the most traumatic day of their life. Why is that happening? That is not okay. Mistreatment is not necessary for safety. Oh. <sighs> The amount of gaslighting that happens when a woman is expressing the trauma she feels during her birth is awful. All that matters is not just a healthy baby. It's a healthy babe, a healthy mom, 
healthy and whole mom, healthy and whole babe. We need it all. That should be the basis. That should be our lowest standard is, is that. So there needs to be that fundamental shift on the way we view, the way we view birth. And this is why so many women are choosing home birth. So many women have been traumatized and they're like, nope, not again, not doing that. So I'm going to birth at home. But even if you do choose that, if you have experienced trauma, you're choosing a home birth. I 100% believe with every part of me that this trauma needs to be dealt with before you have your next baby. There is something to unprocessed trauma that does seem to come out during a next birth. Um, you'll hear it from so many VBAC moms that they, oftentimes they can't dilate past the time they dilated with their first baby. That's not just a physiological or, or a physical issue. This is a deep emotional issue. This is a very spiritual, emotional, and physical time of a woman's life. It's all-encompassing. It's holistic. And we need to start looking at it that way. So if you do choose to birth in a system that that is not 100% on board or even knowledgeable about physiological birth, you need to know your rights. And you need to feel 100% confident in every single decision that could come up. It's a lot of pressure. You can do it. (laughs) But it takes a lot of intentionality, a lot of education, a lot of work. Um, And if you need help with any of this, or have questions on how to prepare for a home birth, how to work through birth trauma, how to be healthy during uh, your pregnancy to prevent complications and schedule a call with me. The links for all of that is going to be um, in the show notes below. And I know this was a heavy episode. This is something that is so near and dear to my heart because this is, this is why I started this podcast. Like I never ever in a million years would have thought I would be sitting behind a mic at 10.30 at night talking about birth trauma if you would have told me like eight years ago. No way. So thank you for listening. I know this, uh, again, was a heavy one. So feel free to email me, share your thoughts, join us in our Facebook community, and you can share thoughts there as well. But as always, peace be with you, friends. I hope you loved today's episode and found it so helpful and encouraging. If you did, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send this episode to a friend who has been praying for a peaceful home birth? Lastly, make sure you get my free download of my complete home birth essentials checklist. Make sure you have everything ready to go so you're able to feel at peace and confidence leading into your home birth. This printable checklist has all of the important but less glamorous or thought of items that I have found to be so incredibly helpful to have at a home birth after working with many clients in person. Now get it by clicking the link in the show notes. And as always, thanks for listening and peace be with you.